this is where you come in here. Okay. Um, hello, everyone. For those who may be new and tuning in, my name's Sam Choi, um, and I am the guest speaker for today. Uh, so, like DJ said, um, today we're closing off a series called Conversations with God. Um, and we've been looking at the book of Psalms. By now, you, have, you may have realized that the Psalms is a treasure chest full of um, the full spectrum of the human emotions, ranging from the darkest dark, thoughts of sorrow, bitterness, loss, and to the lighter tones of, um, and shades of joy, love, and awe. Well, today, we conclude the series by um, the topic of blessings. And so the title of today's talk is Blessing the Blesser. Um, blessing the Blesser. So would you join me in prayer um, as I start? Lord, help me to speak with clarity. Let me not speak out of my own thoughts, but I ask that, God, you work in our hearts today uh, in the way you want to. We give you access to our mind and our heart. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. So today I want to answer three questions. The first one is, how, does God, how has God blessed us? The first one, how has God blessed us? Secondly, I'd like to um, address the question, what does it mean to bless God? What does it mean to bless God? And thirdly, how can we, how can we bless the blesser? How can we bless God? So firstly, how has God blessed us? Charles Spurgeon, uh, a British preacher from the 19th century, 19th century, suggested that the Psalm 103 uh, was written by King David in the later part of his life. This view was taken by him as the content of the poem suggests that um, David has a higher sense of the preciousness of God's pardon and a keener sense of God's own, uh, David's own sin. David feels like a more seasoned person. Uh, someone with a lot more experience. Um, he recognizes the, the fragility and the weakness um, of, his, of his life. And so if we read this passage, uh, the psalm, sorry, through this lens, we begin to see David's thought process unravel before us. Verse 1 reads, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. After David urges his soul to bless God, we follow his mind, reminiscing both his struggles and also his happy days uh, as he experienced throughout his life. It appears that David is reflecting back on his life and remembering the good things God has done for him. He lists them out uh, in verse 2 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with the good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. David is remembering God, and indeed David has had a blessed life. Um, just to highlight a few, the victory of defeating Goliath. God helped him also with many battles, he was a very successful and popular warrior. God anointed David to rule king of Israel. 
And lastly, later down the line, Jesus is the direct descendant of King David. Jesus is known as the son of David. What a massive blessing. But David's life was also full of hardship. I'll say a few to see if you can relate to any of them. Uh, getting a spear thrown at you for playing the harp really well. Um, fleeing to a cave because the king is trying to kill you with 3,000 soldiers. Not handling family conflicts, which eventually escalates to a civil war. Living with the guilt and shame of murdering your good friend and taking his wife. Much like David, maybe not to that extent, but our lives are composed of both hardships and moments of joy. It's complicated. It's messy. When was the last time you remembered God for what he has done in your life? Do you remember the most challenging and difficult parts of your life? How was God present in that time? Did he feel present at the time? or Did he not feel present at the time? How did God help you resolve those situations? Perhaps David was not feeling the desire to bless God in the psalm, but he commands his soul to respond. David, although a sinner in many aspects of his life, was called by both prophet Samuel and the apostle Paul as a man after God's own heart. Why was David called a man after God's heart? David definitely isn't a perfect man, but a man we can relate to in some ways. He was a sinner and also a victim to other people's sins. The key here, I believe, is that David sought after God, both at his highest and lowest points of his life. He continued to sought and bless God. A question I want to ask uh, to our church is, Will we dwell on the difficulties um, we experienced as a church in the past few years? I know we've been through a lot um, with leaders and all sorts of things, but will we remember only those hurtful moments? Or will we remember the powerful encounters with God, the powerful encounters with God, with His goodness, His forgiveness, and His grace we received corporately and individually um, as a church? When was the last time you and I thought back to realize that every single blessing that we have right now, whether it be material wealth, your daily comforts, your job, or your family, or your, and your children, it all comes from God. James 1 verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So my first point and question was, how has God blessed us? How has God blessed us? Well, God has blessed us with everything we had in the past, the present, and the future. All of our experiences, all of our relationships, everything. Well, only if we remembered, we can recount all of God's blessings individually and corporately. I know we're in lockdown right now, but I suggest maybe we look through our um, old photos. I don't know if you still have actual photos or photos on, in your um, photo gallery on your uh, computer or phone. But I, I suggest you look through and think back. Oh, yeah, those were the moments. I remember back in you know, 2000 and whatever, um, I was going through this. 
And I remember that God was present and my community was present. I want us to think back and trigger those memories to count our blessings. The second question is, what does it mean to bless God? In today's passage, the word bless appears seven times. It's a perfect number found in the Bible. Um, it's found in verse 1 to 3 and also verse 20 to 22. However, every time the word bless is used, in this psalm at least, it isn't talking about us receiving blessing, but us, uh, but David blessing God. So this idea of blessing God seems strange at first. For me, I had the question, how can, how can we bless God with anything when God, God is the owner of the universe and all that is within it, within it? Generally, when we use the word blessing or hashtag blessed, we mean favor from God, whether it be material or better health or spiritual. It's something that comes from God. In the Hebrew, the word for bless uh, translates to carry the idea to kneel down and to honor. In other words, when we bless God, we honor the Lord. Let me read from an article by um, Pastor John Piper. Um, I, I, I think he um, writes it a lot clearly than I could. And so I'd read, it's a little bit long, but um, bear with me. He writes, My thesis is that in the scripture, when, when God blesses men, they are thereby helped and strengthened and made better off than they were before. But when men bless God, he is not helped or strengthened or made better off. Rather, man's, man's blessing God is an expression of praising thankfulness. When the Old Testament speaks of blessing God, it does not designate a process that aims at the increase of God's strength. Rather, it is an exclamation of gratitude and admiration. Uh, John Piper continues. Um, other analogies, though not exact, would be our expressions like, I magnify the Lord, or let us exalt his name. Both of these expressions properly recognize and give joyful expression to God's magnificence and his exalted status. They do not mean that we make God larger or higher. So to bless God means to recognize God's richness, strength, gracious bounty, and to express our gratitude and delight in seeing and experiencing. We don't add anything to God when we bless God. We worship Him for who He is. In short, blessing God means to praise and exalt God's character and His attributes. So... What, what is David saying about God in the psalm? How is David blessing God? From verse 6 to 19, David elaborates on God's loving nature. David uses his words craftily to create uh, a picture um, describing God's goodness. And I want to highlight two key themes um, regarding God's attributes. So firstly, God's goodness uh, as a father. God's goodness as a father. And secondly... Um, God, our righteous and eternal King. And see if you can pick, pick these themes up as I read from 6 to 12. So God's goodness as a Father and God, our righteous and eternal King. Verse 6, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. 
He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. We bless God because he is a God of justice, righteousness for the oppressed, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, steadfast in love, and the one who forgives us. I'll read from 13 to 19, and once again, see if you can pick out those two themes. As a father who shows compassion to his children, so our Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to his children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. We learn here that God is an intimate God. He knows our frame what we are made of, quite literally. Much like a cloud that is here one moment and disappears in the next, our lives are ever so short and fleeting. Uh, I recently had the opportunity to preach at a high school ministry, um, and I thought to be relatable, I tried to wear the tightest pants I could find. Um, And I thought, and and I found some pants, but they weren't even that tight. Um, And... After the, after the sermon, I was talking to my sister, and she told me that skinny jeans weren't in anymore. So the fashion trend had changed. And so I, it came to, I was so shocked. I, I realized that I wasn't hip anymore. I wasn't in. I, I experienced a sense of melancholy, actually, when I realized that my youth was over. When the kids looked at me, I was, I was just a, a guest preacher. Um, who didn't have a good fashion taste, who had a receding hairline. I was just this old man, unrelatable. But as I was thinking about my childhood and my teens, I realized these moments happened once and will never come back again. These just moments fading in, in my memory. In verse 14 to 19, David is highlighting God's eternal reign and contrasting it with our impermanence, our fleetingness. We are merely sojourners on this earth, just passing through it. It's a sobering thought, I know, but one that gives us perspective of our reality. Our days are numbered. For God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. God knows that we are not perfect. He knows well in advance that we will make mistakes. But as God is compassionate 
towards those who fear him. So my second question was, I had was, what does it mean to bless God? Blessing God essentially means to praise, to exalt, to honor God of his character and his attributes. And David has crafted this psalm to highlight the two themes. Um, God is the righteous king of the universe, and he is the loving, eternal father who shows compassion to those who fear him. My third and final question is, how then can we bless our blesser? So we've learned that God has blessed us abundantly and will continue to bless us abundantly. And we learned what it means to bless God. But how can we, as individuals, as a church, how can we bless God? Let me start with this. There is something truly remarkable and attractive when someone gives it their all, their absolute best into something. Much like the 11,901 athletes um, from 206 nations coming together to give it their absolute best in the upcoming Tokyo Olympics. Much like a child using their crayon to draw a picture to please their mom or dad. Much like closer to home, we, we have a lot of um, experts, like we have a barbecue expert, but let me um, highlight one uh, brother. We're fortunate to have among us a true artist, a pizza artist. So when this gentleman rolls his sleeves up and he massages his dough with his skillful, tender, yet firm hands, he prepares the ingredients, applying, drizzling the olive oil, and kicks off the pizza oven. I still remember the first time I had his pizza. When the warmth of the pizza slice embraced my lips, I experienced the magical moment. And I wondered to myself, what is this? Is it the Italian sausage? Maybe it's the perfectly pre prepared caramelized onions. What makes it so special? Well, in all three cases, the Olympian, the child, and the, the pizza master, they gave it their all. It's the love and the attention given towards their sport, their drawing, and their pizza that made it so special. How much more so should we, God's tiny creatures, should give glory, exaltation, and praises to our God? David starts the psalm by declaring the blessings on a personal scale. It's almost like a whisper in his soul saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul. But ends the psalm with a loud exhortation for all of creation to join him in blessing God's eternal throne. In verse 20 to 22, I read, Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the word, uh, voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all, you, all his hosts, his ministers, who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. But wait. God, God has not only intervened in our, in our lives on a personal level, in our personal circumstances. Romans 5.8 tells us, But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God is the one who gave all of himself. He gave us his love. He gave us his attention. He gave us his son. What David saw dimly, we, saw with, we see with much 
greater clarity that God's kindness and his mercy was displayed to us through Jesus dying on our behalf. God's love was the cause of David's obedience and his blessings and worship. David's response did not come first. David was only able to bless God because through his life, he discovered God's goodness, his love, and his care. And I want to end with this. Coming back to verse 1, David commands his soul to bless God with all that he has. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, You shall love the Lord with your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Church, how should we respond? How can we not kneel down and bless our blesser, the righteous eternal king and the loving father? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. God, you have blessed us in ways that we remember and moments that uh, we have forgotten. God, teach us to command our soul when we don't feel like it at times to praise, to worship, um, and to bless you. During this week, as we are in lockdown, highlight in our minds. Help us to remember the times when your favor, your mercy, your grace was ever so present in both times of trouble and in times of abundance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.